0: Freedom Center. How you doing? Good morning, live stream out there. www. Whatever. Hey, so today I get the opportunity to talk about one of my favorite things. something I'm very passionate about. And it's discipleship. And so here, I'm going to tell you guys the goal, so you know where we're going. And it's not to be mean or be a tormentor, as that video may have led you to believe. But sometimes that seems like the fruit of it, if you will. Um, but today, the goal is this. And it doesn't necessarily go with maybe what you would think. But the goal is today that we would disregard our rights, my rights. Not the people around us, the people we're we're discipling, the people we're leading, the people we're raising. But it's actually about me right? So the goal is to disregard my own rights for the sake of furthering the kingdom. My goal today is to teach you what I've learned about discipleship, to explain that the root word discipleship, the root root word is is discipline. Everybody loves that. Like, yeah, let's get those kids. No, no, it's actually, you got to turn it inward. It's about self-discipline. And this is where discipleship comes from. When we learn that it's about discipline, but it's not about discipline going towards our children or towards our employees or towards our whatever mentees. But it's literally when you look in the mirror and you go, the discipline needs to start here. So that's actually the goal of today is to reiterate that. Um, I've been here for 22, 3 years, I don't know, something like that. Uh, I started attending, and I accidentally became a pastor on staff. Youth pastor for 18 years. I mean, that's literally just the way it went. Um, youth pastor for about 18 years, and then been doing the academy for, going on seven, I believe, seven years. And and so discipleship has always been a, uh, something that it keeps me awake at night, right? It's something I'm passionate about, it's something... Um, believing in people and, and seeing and holding them to what they can do. You know, like Pastor was saying. So God gave me this simple word, um, I don't know, a month ago or something like that. And it's this, self-discipline is the best form of discipleship. In a nutshell, that's what we're going to talk about today. And that's, that's pretty much what it all boils down to. About two weeks after I wrote this down, Pastor Jim's like, hey, I want you to speak on discipleship. I was like, Cool. I totally forgot I wrote it down. <laughs> Had no idea. And then three or four days later, I was like, "I'm gonna start, you know, praying on this and just getting ready and preparing." And then all of a sudden, I was like, "Hey, I think I think God gave me a word the other day." And I look, I'm like, "Oh, cool." And so it, this is just this is just life, right? This isn't like some fancy plan or scheme to make people do what you want them to do. But this is actually about life and living life and living it correctly, right? You guys with me? Kingdom stuff. Kingdom stuff. That's what we're going to talk about. It's kingdom stuff. It's all it's all about. Um, I think about it all the time. It consumes my thoughts, literally consumes my thoughts. I think about discipleship, how to invest into people is, is what I believe it's what we're created to do. It's what we're, what God has called us to do is to invest, to love people, right? Love God, love people in that order. I read a book, John Maxwell's 21 Laws of Leadership, and if you know me, you you would be clapping right now because I don't read a lot. I actually do read a lot, believe it or not, but it's just not my MO. I love people, and I want to lead them well, so I read a lot because I feel like I should. Um, But the the law number 13, which he calls the law of the picture, it's the 21 Laws of Leadership. The law number 13 is the law of the picture, which states this. People do not do what they hear people do what they see. If you're a parent, you already know this. <laughs> You've learned it well. But sometimes we know it, but we don't know it. And so there's this disconnect from here to here where we don't apply this stuff. So we still say, I need you to do this. And so I did mention that I was a youth pastor for 18 years. I do love games and I'm going to play a game. You guys want to play a game? It doesn't matter. You're playing anyways. All right. live stream. With me, this will be fun at home, especially if you got kids around. Games, kids gather around. We got a game. Okay, everybody, do this. Real simple. It's not a hard game. I promise. It's a little tricky, but it's not hard, right? Okay. <laughs> Just look around. For yes, Lord. More. Just kidding. Um, we're going to clap on three. One, two. All right. One more time. At home, with me. One, two, three. There they are, the people who pay attention to the directions. There's only a few of them, ladies and gentlemen. Doesn't that make that point, though? Doesn't that make that point that people do not do what they hear? You, my friend, do not do what you hear. You only do what you see. And it's a great illustration to say, case in point. You could argue that, well, I don't know if that's true. I mean, I remember hearing, well, you just clapped, so we're done with that conversation. (laughs) Uh, Culture is this. It's what people do because that's what people do. There, there's, no, there's, there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's just, it is what it is, and you jump into the river, and guess which direction you're going to float? The direction that it's flowing. And so here we are. But the, the kicker is this, and I think this is where a lot of people miss, is that you are a leader. You create culture. And I know people want to debate that so much. But because of this statement right here, I wrote this. Oh, I didn't write this. I stole this. It says, because of this, we must embody our ideals to create a picture, the law of the picture, to create a picture of what will inspire people to follow our lead. First of all, do we really want people to follow our lead? That's a self-reflection moment right there. When I look behind me, do I want kids following me? Do I want people following me? Am I leading them in the right direction? The other thing is, when did I get that and I recognize that the biggest thing is me leading myself? Then then I have to have this picture. My life has to be an example. It doesn't mean look up the answers on YouTube. It doesn't mean look up the answers on YouTube and be like, well, here's the answer. I Googled it. Okay, that's great. Information is wonderful, but half the time it doesn't even stick here. Even when it does, it's not being applied. It's what you apply. It's what you do. It's who you are. It's the integrity. It's the character of the person that you are. That's what makes it. That's what makes you somebody who's discipling people, who's training up a child in the way they should go. When you have it down in your life, live it out loud, right? Live it out loud. Lessons are not culturally taught. They're culturally caught. Pastor Jim said that. I think it was week one. I was like, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to do the one, two, three thing again if you want. But people do what they see, right? People will produce what they see. People will produce what they see. We've all seen this. We've seen this in people's families. We've seen families that are just addicted, and, and everybody in the family is addicted to something. And you watch this child raised in the family, and you hear the stories, and they come to youth, and we're ministering to them, and they say, I'll never, I'll never. I hate it with a passion. I can't believe what my, my parents have chosen, and this and that, and they're so frustrated. And guess what happens? You already know the story because you know somebody. You know these families. You know people, and maybe it's you. But they produce the same thing over and over and over again. And it's this vicious cycle. Culture produces. And we get to create that culture. We get to set that. The same thing is true with good habits and good, good things, like, like literally uh, budgeting and, and prayer life and being in the Word. Those families, those households are producing that. It's not necessarily they're sitting there with a whiteboard going, okay, today we're going to A, B, and C. That's not how it works. It can work like that, but that's not the, the most powerful thing that we have. The most powerful thing we have is what we do, is the way we live. The most powerful thing that you have, ladies and gentlemen, is what you do when nobody else is looking. Any one of you can stand up here and bring your best. Any one of us can stand up here and bring our best. Of course, you're going to be prepared. You're going to be prayed up. You're going to be ready, and you're going to deliver this message, and it's awesome. But what do we do when we're behind the closed doors? What do we do when we go home? What does our time investment look like? Because what you say here, what I say here today, might go this far. But what we do, what I do when I go home, that's the real sermon. Amen? Again, people do not do what they hear. They do what they see. Proverbs thirteen twenty says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers the harm. You guys have heard the phrase, if you want to become a millionaire, you need to hang out with billionaires. There's this, there's this thing where if I want to reach here, I have to shoot for here. And I know this is true with me. Some people don't know this is true. And, and they probably keep hitting just, just under the mark, you know. But if we want to hit here, we have to raise the bar to here. That's just the way it is. We have to go for the goal. We can't, we can't just shoot ourselves short. What we are, we produce. Let's focus on us being healthy. Let's change the world by simply having a prayer time in our life. Like, that's crazy. It's not that easy. You don't understand. Actually, you don't understand. There's a kingdom thing. There's a spiritual realm. It's all taking place all the time. And guess what? The number one thing that we can do is work on ourselves. Use ourselves for a test subject, if you will, and just press into kingdom stuff every single day. Press into his word. Press into him. Pursue him more than anything else. Put our desires to the side. This is discipleship. This is discipleship. Luke 6, 45. It says, a good man brings the good out of the good things stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And today we would say garbage in, garbage out, right? You're producing all the time. And this is what we don't recognize. We think it's only when you're standing on stage or you're in a small group or you're speaking to your children or you're teaching a class. It's, it's, that's like the biggest lie ever. People are watching you all the time and you you wear the name Christian, and you wear the name Follower of Christ, people are watching you all of the time. and, And not that we're doing it for a show. We're not doing it for a show. I promise you, it's not about that. It's about producing. It's about people are eating the fruit off of your tree, Right? That, that's it. You might brush elbows with somebody in the grocery store. You might have an interaction with somebody, I don't know, whatever, in a business transaction. Maybe you sold something on Marketplace. I don't know. But people are going to receive something from you. And the question is, what is that fruit doing? Is it poisonous? Is it bringing them down? Or is it healthy? Is it raising them up? Is it bringing nutrients to them so they can thrive? You smile at somebody in the store, and they smile back. You just started a chain reaction. I mean, I know that sounds so, so small, but man, it's those small things that things are built out of, right? That's the foundation of it all. You smile at somebody at the store. You, you tip a little extra, whatever the case may be. You're just being his hands and feet. We went out, and Dina mentioned it. We, we delivered 18 dozen. We bought 20, for the record. We delivered 18, and we ate the other two. I just thought that was a fun little side note. <laughs> there may have been tears here after eating so many donuts, too. After We delivered them, and and people said we went to Dunham's. And the guy there was like, this is cool. What are you guys doing? We're like, delivering it. Just wanted to bless you guys. Love on you. That's it. They're like, okay. So put it in your break room, whatever. He goes, okay, cool. He goes, that's awesome. So why are you doing it? I said, well, we're from the Freedom Center, and our goal is to love you with the love of God. We want to show God's love in a tangible way and so donuts. <laughs> he starts laughing, and his other buddy starts laughing. Said, That's amazing, because he goes, I didn't eat breakfast this morning, because I was running late, and I was like, just thinking how I would love a snack. And I'm like, come on. That's like l- prophetic love, man. We brought, like God loves you even mo- the most. And so it was really cool, a really cool moments. And that was just my group. There was many groups that went out and loved on people. But isn't that a simple act of kindness? Like just go give donuts to Dunham's? Like, what? Dunham's wants donuts? Watch, they're going to get like 40 dozen donuts now. Anyways, it is crucial for us to pursue God at a level that this world has never seen. Imagine what that would look like. How high is that bar? But it is. It's crucial. And I don't think it means we need to, you know, it's not always what we think. God wants us to be obedient more than anything else. Dean was talking about with finances and offering and tithe. And man, I know that's a place people hate to talk about and they hate to get it stick. sticky it's money. We don't talk about money. Take it all. I don't care. Like we can't care. There's one mission and it's from God to be obedient to him so that we can further the kingdom. This is not a tithe and offering sermon. This is about discipleship. You will produce what you're doing, who you are. Matthew 5.14 says, you are the light of the world. A town on a hill cannot be hidden. You are the light of the world. We we must lead by example. We are a city on a hill. People are looking at us. They're looking to us to lead them. People don't understand how this all works. You got this, this kingdom culture that is absolutely inside out and upside down and backwards from the culture of this world. And they go, that doesn't make sense. You just gave away money, but people are trying to get money, so I don't understand. And you say you're more blessed because of it. It's like, yeah, it's funny. You just gave away time, time and money, two things that nobody wants to, you know, give away. And you're giving away time to go serve at this function and it doesn't make any sense to me. And they're they're watching you. They're, wa- they're, un- they're trying to wrap their brains around how this love of God is ex- ex- exemplified in your life. They're watching it, they see it, and then they come to you, right? So you are a lighthouse for people. They're looking for a lighthouse. They're looking for some beacon of hope and yes, Jesus, obviously Jesus, but him in us and through us, Holy Spirit here, Holy Spirit now, Holy Spirit at VG's in you and through you, that's when people are getting saved. That's when seeds are being planted. Matthew 6, 33 says, but seek first his kingdom. This is everything right here, you guys. This is everything. But seek first. What's the one, one thing we need to worry about? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Not making sure I have my time on Netflix not making sure that I have all my food prepared, not making sure that I got my sweet kicks and my nice blah, 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 all this stuff. He actually talks about it in this chapter right before this. He says he's talking about, well, he's talking about a lot of different things in chapter 6, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. They're amazing. Sermon on the Mount, read them. Right before this, he's talking about being intentional, storing up treasures in heaven, not on earth, because here it's going to get destroyed by rust and moths and blah, blah, blah. And then he goes into stop worrying about food Stop worrying about your clothes. He's like, look at the birds. They're fed. They don't work. They don't toil. They don't worry. Look at the flowers. They're dressed. They're beautiful. They don't work. They don't toil. They're, they're not worried. We cannot allow fear to lead us. We are, we are children of the Most High King, and we should live our lives in such a way where fear and worry are completely abolished, Right? and this is what we're called to do seek first his kingdom he says okay don't worry about any of that but here's what you should do cuz that's what we do we worry about the don'ts uh, i hope i don't swear when i stub my toe in the middle of the night you know like, i hope i don't look at that girl i hope i don't blah blah I, stop it do the do's and that's what he's saying he's like stop worrying about what not to do he says but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things all the stuff all the stuff you can imagine will be added unto you, will be given to you as well. That's amazing. We cannot live our lives in fear and worry because that's not how Jesus has destined our lives to be. There's no place for worry or anxiety or fear. That doesn't mean it's not going to come. It's going to come. Oh, baby, it's going to come. Anxiety will creep up and attack and pounce. Fear will come up and smack you upside your head. It's what you do with it when it hits. It's taking every thought captive and making it obedient to Christ. That's what we're called to do. We're not called to stand by and curdle in a corner. We're called to stand up and be men and women of God. Amen? Next slide. This guy. Same, this is all out of the same book, by the way. These, th- these three quotes. Um, author Norman Vincent heel said, nothing is more confusing than people who give good advice but set a bad example. Nothing is more confusing. And on the contrary, John Maxwell points out this. He says, but nothing is more convincing than people who give good advice and set a good example. Man, I want to be the second one, right? I want to be the second one. I don't want to be the first one. Set a good example and tell nobody. Let me say that again. Set a good example and tell no one. I follow these entrepreneurial sites, and it's and just different, uh, yeah, basically it's just entrepreneurial sites, and they're giving tips, and they're speaking life, and they're saying all these cool things, and here's four things you should do, here's eight things you should do. One of them actually reminds me of that. They say, invest into this, make a ton of money, don't tell anybody. <laughs> like, that is so funny, because I feel like that's such a kingdom thing. Kingdom principles work, even in the secular world, you realize that? Kingdom principles are in action, they're, flo- they're rolled out, and they work, and they're fire. And they work. And the world takes them and they steal them. And they're like, yeah, tell nobody. Why? I don't know. It just works. (laughs) Okay. But it's true, right? Oh, so good. Set an example. Set a good example and tell nobody. Let your life speak for itself. Amen? Nobody can question you. You know who you are. You know the integrity, the character that you have. That's a good feeling. You produce good fruit bumping elbows in the grocery store. I love that because you, know, you, you might not talk to the person, you might not see, you might, there's no interaction, and yet they got to eat the fruit of your tree because you are pressing into the word, you're pressing into your king, and you're running as fast as you can towards the foot of the cross. And people will absolutely glean from that. So discipleship, it is not a power trip. It is not this ability to tell people what to do and then they do it because they're scared because of fear or whatever. It's actually quite the opposite. Discipleship is not about convincing somebody to do something. It's about living your your life in such a way that it cannot be denied. That's what discipleship is: living your life in such a way it can't it cannot be denied. It's about loving like God loves. Luke nine twenty three. It says that then he said to them all, "Whoever wants to be my disciples must just deny themselves." Say that with me must deny themselves—one more time—they must deny themselves and take up the cross daily and follow me. Deny myself, that is very counterintuitive. <laughs> Come on. That is very counterintuitive. No, when I want to go to the gym, no, that doesn't happen. But when I go to the gym, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's moments when, when, I don't, when I want to get up early and go for a run or whatever the case may be. When I want to get into my word— Sometimes I don't want to, but I do the things that I've I've laid this out, and this is the schedule. And even when I don't want to, I do it. The self-discipline is real, and the self-discipline is contagious. And you, as you you pursue that lifestyle of self-discipline and live according to the gospel, according to the kingdom, you're going to be producing, and people will follow you. He says this, whoever denies themselves and picks up the cross daily and follows me. That's what we're called to do. That, that is so funny because it's like, well, that's a separate thing. It's not. That's actually discipleship. That's you, self-discipline, picking up your cross, telling yourself no when you really, 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 really want to say yes. I know most of you haven't been there, but I have, so I know what it's like, right? We get frustrated when people come up to us and they're like, hey, I need advice. And you're like, oh, I actually know this one. And you tell them, boom, that's the answer. Super simple. Done. Done. They walk away, and they do the exact opposite of what you said. Like, what's wrong with you? And sometimes it's your kids, but other times it's your friends. And other times, you know, you just get people of all, but that's just people. That's the way it is, right? That's the way we are, I should say. That's the way we are. Because how many times have we done that to God? And it's like, oh, God, that's great advice. I'm going to try this out, see if it works. What? What the? That is not okay, but that's the way we live our lives. It's crazy. It's crazy, and it literally is crazy because we think it's going to be different, and we don't follow what God's word is clearly saying. Galatians 5.4 says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. I don't know about you, but I have a lot of passions and desires that may not align with the kingdom, <laughs> and it's this constant battle of me versus me, Right? You know, in youth, we talk about this all the time, and I'm sure you've heard it before, but there's the two dogs inside of you constantly fighting, and it's the one that you feed the most is the one that's going to win. It's true. It's It's just true. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. This is a process. Discipleship is not about dominance. People think this way. People do. They think this way. It is not about the dominance. In fact, I'll tell my students this all the time. I said, "It is impossible, absolutely impossible for you to get in trouble. And they said, well, what do you mean? I mean, we, we got ours. We got this. We got that. We got all these things where you're, you're, you know, you're telling us do this and do this. And if we don't do it, what does that mean? It is absolutely impossible. And I'll say it to every one of you. It is absolutely impossible for you to get in trouble. Can you get corrected? Absolutely. But don't you want to be corrected? I do. I don't want to live in a way where I'm walking around doing things wrong and I think it's just, and I, I could justify it, so therefore it's okay. No, no, no. If you see me doing something that's not correct or does not line up with the Word of God, if you don't tell me, you do not love me. You are not my friend if you do not hold me accountable. Period. And so I tell them, you can't get in trouble because I know your heart. You literally have dedicated an entire year to pursuing the kingdom. To memorizing 520 verses to spend an hour in prayer every day two hours in study every day going out and loving on this world every single day how could you possibly get in trouble well because I showed up three minutes late okay there's correction this, that's, that's discipline that's, that's, but that's not, you can't get in trouble that's from the enemy that's from the enemy that's, calling, that's talking to a heart that's coming from a position that I don't, it's foreign to me I don't know that person that's not what God says God does not say that's who you are. If you're out and you're trying to take over the world, yeah, yeah, you might be able to get in trouble. But I don't think that's our heart. Discipleship is about love. Love God, love people, and in that order. That's everything. Discipleship is about love. You have kids, you have family members, you have a, a crazy uncle that lives far away. I promise you this, the way you live your life forces that crazy uncle to look and to take that into consideration. It's one seed. It's one seed, right? Whether it takes root or not, I don't know. But you're bringing the kingdom to earth every time you take a step forward to the foot of that cross. When you love God and you do everything for Him, it becomes, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ in me. And when that takes place, you're in that moment, you're, you're in His will. Discipleship is literally a legacy. Because when you're gone, the seeds that you planted are still going to be here. The fruit from the seeds that you planted is still going to be here, and it's going to be producing. Dina talked about her great-grandma and talked about the legacy that she left and how she invested into her sister and her sister invested into Dina. And Dina, just by a show of hands, has anybody been affected by Dina at all in any way, shape, or form? Everybody in the room, me being number one. Seriously, thank you, thank you, thank you to her great-grandma who was diligent and fought the good fight and pursued righteousness at every turn. Pastor Jim's dad has impacted our life so intense. His parents would leave their house for an entire week so that we could take a bunch of juniors and seniors to their house that ain't right. <laughs> that, that is, that's a special kind of love. They would go stay in a hotel or at a campground for a week so that we could go down there and take over their house for a spring break trip to reward our students and to do like one last hurrah. That's crazy. Do you know how many students you could talk to today that are in their mid-20s and say, I'll never forget that Florida trip, that 201 trip where we prayed for this person, where God said this to me. Like it happens all the time. All the time. My dad. His legacy lives on right here, standing in front of you. Pastor Burke, the the stuff that that man had to go through to be here, to build this, the, the, the fight that he had to fight is insane. And none of us would be sitting here in this room if it wasn't for the fights that he fought behind closed doors. Behind closed doors. That's where the battle's won. So here's the question I'm going to end with this What is your legacy? What is the legacy that you are leaving? You may not know it, but you have thousands and thousands of people following you right now. Thousands. It's a compounding interest, man. It's thousands, if not more. So what is your legacy? And some of you guys are like, it's good. It's good. I do this. I do that. I think think I'm leading them to the foot of the cross. I think I'm going in the right direction. It's My course is set for kingdom stuff, and that's phenomenal. Praise God. But then there's some of you, when I ask that question, what's your legacy? You went, I don't know. (laughs) Right? I just want to pray for you. That's it. I want to pray for you guys. I want to pray that God would absolutely captivate your heart with His love. So can we bow our heads, close our eyes, I would love, real quick, just by a show of hands, everybody's heads are bowed and eyes are closed, by a show of hands. If that was you and you're like, oh no, my legacy, I need to change the direction. I need to change course. I need to reestablish. If that's you, can you just slip your hand up and put it back down just real quick? I just want I wanna be intentional when I pray. If that's you, you want the legacy to be kingdom and you're not going the direction you want, raise your hand right now. Awesome, awesome, I see him hands all over the room so father god i praise you and i thank you jesus for these hearts they cannot get in trouble but they can be corrected and god that's what we ask for we ask for your uh, discipleship god that you would give us a discipleship for your holy spirit that you would guide us you would set the course in jesus name father we pray for the refining fire god to come down and set our hearts ablaze in Jesus' name, Lord, we pray for more of you, God, right now that you would let the legacy be, be just started here and now, God, that it would change, course, and it would go straight to you. Father, I pray for brand new revival of their hearts, God, a brand new conviction even, God. Thank you, Father. And then maybe you're here in this room and you like, I've never given my life to Jesus, and I have no idea what you're even talking about. Well, Jesus Christ came from heaven to earth and he died on a cross for your sins and for mine so that we could have eternity with him. He could not bear eternity without you. And so he came and he paid the highest price. He gave his life. And if you want to receive him today, I would love to lead you in a real small prayer. And if that's you and you want to ask Jesus into your life today, Raise your hand right now, right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. So Jesus, I pray for every uplifted hand, every person that said, yes, that's me in their hearts, God. Lord, you say that when we believe in our heart and we profess with our mouth, Lord, that's what it takes, Father. Our faith is activated in you. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for that cross. Lord, we we ask for forgiveness for our sins, God. We repent right now, and we lay it down at your feet, God. We cast our cares on you. And Jesus, we ask you to come into our hearts. Fill us up. Teach us your word. Teach us your truth, God. Give us revelation. In Jesus' name, Father. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Thanks, guys good day, hey? Amen. We're going to release you guys. We got the offering buckets at the doors all the way around. We have people in Orange vests, and if you've never been here, this is the way it works. We all stand up, and then those guys release us one row at a time. So God bless you guys.